This is Cal here from 102.7, the big dog of classic rock, and 107.9 KYB, and Cal's podcast of sports and randomness. Recorded an interview last night in studio with OSAA official Brian Queen. The whole point of this interview was to get a little understanding of what the OSAA officials are going through this year and some of the calls that they want to clear up with us. So stay tuned for that interview. But first, head over to Facebook, look up CJ Kalish Tactical Pins, made by Tuscan Steel along with aerospace-grade aluminum, which has excellent strength and portability. can be used in an emergency, as well as protection in a scary situation. Help break a window if you're in a jam. I love it. I had one, lost it. Got three coming my way. CJ Klish, pins, find them on Facebook. Tell them you found it here. And now on to the interview. Hey, this is Cal here on 102.7, the big dog of classic rock and Cal's podcast of sports randomness. We're actually going to have an in-studio guest with me. We have OSAA official Brian Queen. How are you doing, Brian? Thanks for having me today. Yeah, I'm doing great. Awesome. A quick background, real quick, on you. Military veteran? You're active duty? I am active duty, yes. How do you get away with doing that? So, uh, luckily, I've been in a job. Uh, since I've been here, I've been forwarded in, uh, some time in the evenings uh, to be able to do an official. I've also been a coach. Uh, started a the Southwest Arsenal uh, baseball and softball travel team. Um, it's still continued on. I've kind of passed it on, but I was kind of one of the brainchild behind that. And... Uh, Got that started with a couple of local guys, so they can you know get some guys, uh, some guys and girls, some opportunity to so play some die out. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And then your wife was also a, a coach for Whitaker's uh, competitive cheer team, correct? So y'all have y'all's hands in the mix. <laughs> yeah. y'all, y'all aren't just one of those military families that show up and then just do your time here and leave. You actually put you're investing back into the community, correct? Yeah, we've got four children, uh, you know, that are definitely invested in the sports in the community and playing baseball my whole life and playing football my whole life. It's uh, the, the officiating and the coaches is my way of giving back no matter where we go. I've been able to been fortunate to, to do some umpiring and some and some coaching in three different states now. Oh, wow. So that's been a it's been a blessing and you know getting to, getting to see. Uh, the sports and the growth of different youth groups uh, uh, in different states and different areas of the country is, is something that a lot of, not a lot of people get the opportunity to do. How long have you been doing this here in Oklahoma? So I've been here uh, going on three years now. So this is my, my third season with the OSSAA and third year coaching as well. So Just straight football for officiating or do you do other sports? So I do football and baseball. Uh, umpire baseball in the in the spring and in the fall as, as time permits, but because uh, a lot <laughs> Football takes up a lot with the junior high and the you know high school and varsity. Also, football. you just you do and junior high football, correct? And, and JV is sometimes as well, correct? Yes. Okay. Uh, I know these small schools don't really have JV. Y'all don't do the fifth and sixth graders, do y'all? Correct. It's mostly just the junior high, so the seventh and eighth grade, and sometimes the ninth grade, depending on the size of the school. You know, they'll they'll blend the eighth and ninth grade teams sometimes, but yeah. And you are busy. <laughs> yeah. 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 For sure. And uh, how and what made you want to become one just to stay a part of the game? Definitely. Uh, so I, I found out when I first got here, uh, pretty shortly after I got here, I had someone approach me and we were talking sports, kind of like we are tonight, and uh, asked me if it would be something I'd be interested in. And they said there was a huge you know, shortage. So the referee shortage across the country is uh, is growing, um, you know, due to different reasons. Uh, but definitely in this region, uh, Texas, Oklahoma, this area of the, of the state as well, um, that's, you know, not Oklahoma City, Tulsa, you know, where they have the availability of, and more people to work with. Uh, I know COVID has been, you know, interesting because we 
there's a lot of older gentlemen that have been, you know, retired and they do this at kind of to supplement, you know, themselves yeah. and give them something to do and kind of stay a part of, of their communities as well that have actually left, you know, officiating and left the game and they do multiple sports, softball, football, basketball, things like that. So we've, we've taken, you know, what was already a shortage and we've, we, we've kind of, uh, we've been hindered a little more. Uh, a few of us have had to uh, kind of be flexible and expand our schedules and do more games than usual, no more traveling. So, um, you know, if there's anybody out there listening that would be interested in getting into it, I'll definitely leave my contact information so you can get in touch with somebody we were just talking before we we turned on the recording system and you said you have two games a friday and a saturday game that's a lot people might think oh it's just calling a game you still got to move around the whole time you're there you still got to leave your family well velma Alma from altas is almost two hours correct yeah <laughs> I, I went there back to back weeks calling games and i got home past midnight mm-hmm. uh, you don't get to leave right away either i just pack up and i leave yeah a lot of times we'll we'll meet up we'll all ride together and you know definitely the the head officials want to be there at least an hour and a half you know early so we have time to change out get our stuff ready get our stuff together check the field check the field we have to you know we have to have the coaches meeting uh go up to the box make sure that we're good with the uh the clock operator if there's you know um you know, somebody that's broadcasting the game on TV or radio that we've, you know, we've got all our stuff in line. They know the signals, the calls, uh, things like that. So there's no confusion during the game. So, yeah, that, all that stuff does that definitely takes time. And then afterwards, you know, we try to we try to make sure that button everything up and then uh, get out of there. And then, again, travel time home is definitely something to consider. Yeah, so it's not an easy job at no, all. No. And then, and then of course, you know, we, we get, uh, like any other job, uh, we get evaluated by the OSSAA to make sure that we're doing our jobs correctly, that we know our stuff. We get tested every year, so a lot of people don't realize that um, you know we have to go over um, a certain number of questions and scenarios, and we have to test on those, and we get graded. And if your uh, team or crew of, of guys doesn't uh, make a certain grade, you can't do playoff football. So there's a there's a checks and balances, you know. They you know I know a lot of people like to come to games, and you know there's a lot of interpretation of rules that are misunderstood or misinterpreted, you know, and a lot of times that's not any uh, the coaches or fans faults, you know, they did, you don't know what you don't know, right. you know, essentially, but you know, it, we always like educating folks and, and kind of feeling, you know, we, we want people to understand why a call was made or wasn't made. And you, they see something they thought they saw or they didn't, you know, we like to make those uh, connections and bridge those gaps when we can. I wish y'all had a communication with the PA announcer yeah. because we just see the call. We just see the guy saying the holding call or just personal foul. We're like, well, what was it? Right. And I will get, I will indulge a little bit later on to this conversation about what I want to talk about, but it's just hard to, to justify and to speak over the radio. Like, well, it was a block in the back or it was a personal foul, but we don't know what it was. And there's people like, they'll message us what call was it what happened i'm like well we don't know if you had a walkie-talkie straight to the pa guy yeah and tell him hey there was a late hit or there's a, a face mask or yep. a, there was jaw jacking it'd be nice to know we don't need to know the number yep. of the player but we'd be nice to know so we can express it more because as you know the fans always feel like it's one-sided it's oh, a, yeah. oh these officials they they must have been paid off by <laughs> i bet you get that all the time oh yeah Oh yeah, it comes with the territory. How do you deal with that? How do you deal with the unruly fans? So with the un, you know with the unruly fans, if it gets if it gets too outlandish, which we you know, I, I would say in three years, most schools I go to, most places, and I've been all over the southeast and southwest part of the state, all the way up as far as Weatherford, you know, in the I forty corridor, I filled in with crews everywhere. And to, to, to be honest, I mean, most of the time it's it's manageable. People will say their piece, and then you know the game moves on, and and you know there's no other incident. Every so often, I, I can honestly say in 
maybe two of the games that I've I've called. Um, we've had someone who was just persistent and just you know coming down the stands, standing at the railing, yelling over the fence, just louder than everybody. And a lot of times it comes down to we'll talk to you know during a game stoppage. Um, you know, we'll talk to the administration first and give the administration of the school of whoever the fan belongs to a chance to take care of it. Um, we don't like to take care of fan or coach or, you know, interferences unless it just gets to the point where it's, it's ridiculous. It's out of hand. Were you in Snyder last year when that guy got ejected? I can't remember, to be honest. I only did one game in Snyder. And I'm, yeah, last I, I met you there. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've I've had, I've had I I personally had a player ejection in Warica last year. Um, it was their homecoming game. It was a rivalry game. Um, it was chippy from kick to to all the way to the last couple of minutes of the game. It was a close game. Um, and come to find out, I, I I kept warning these kids. I'm like, just play football. Leave the talking, you know, out of it. And I was playing umpire, which is you know right there by the linebackers. Yeah. So I was every time I was spotting the ball, they were just jaw jacking, jaw jacking. I was like, I don't want to throw a flag. You know, I would rather just see you guys play good hard nosed football. And we tell these guys that. What's the line for, for jaw jacking? Like, what do you. So, if they. So, by the book, uh, by the NF, NFHS rules, um, if there's any uh, cursing or, um, you know, especially in, in varsity and sub varsity football, if there's any cursing, if there's any, um, you know, if they cross the line, they start making threats, things like that. Basically, what they would get in trouble for at school okay. or, you know, should get in trouble for at school, it's, it's still in force on the football field. And, and, and uh, NF, NFHS and the OSSAA do a very good job of letting us enforce that reasonably. If somebody said, oh, you can't block me, you can't block me, number 62, y'all let that slide? Oh yeah, I mean if it's a Hello. little if it's a little friendly jaw jacking, yeah. I mean yeah, we're, we'll we'll tell them hey hey cut it out, yeah. you know. It's the insults and the threatening, right? Yeah, right. The if curfew. it crosses the line, it's going to be a flag, and the coach is going to be warned. And I mean, as most people know, two personal fouls or two you know misconduct fouls in a they're game, gone. you're ejected, and that could mean you're you're suspended for the next game as well, depending on how the school you know treats that and OSSAA takes it. How's the severity? I just called a basketball game, and Coach Jackson from Lone Wolf. He got ejected in his last basketball game at district, and but he coaches boys and girls. But since it was a boys game, he could coach the girls game yesterday or on Tuesday, but the boys game he could not coach it. But yeah, you miss a game, and it could be a playoff game the mm -hmm. next week or a deciding game to get in the playoffs. Absolutely, and, you know, and like I said, you you see it, and you try to mitigate it. I mean, honest to goodness, I mean, we try to have the we literally in the in the pregame meetings with the coaches as soon as we find out all the equipment's good, the balls, the the, the uniforms, the pads, all that stuff. The last thing we usually tell the coaches is, look, we want a good, clean game, you know, so make sure you're, you're, you're taking uh, you know, responsibility for your players. And then we tell the captains at the coin toss, hey, you're the captains for a reason. Tell your players to play clean football and to leave the talking on the field with their play, you know. So we try to give them all, afford them all the opportunities, no matter what sport it is, to say, look, we're here to just manage the game and to watch you guys play. Um, you know, something you guys love. Don't let the umpires, the officials, um, in any way dictate the game. If you play clean, then, you know, there's not going to be fouls and penalties and all this other stuff that's going to interrupt the flow of the game and, and everything else. So we try to do our best to honestly just leave it in the coach and the player's hands because, you know, they're the ones playing the game. Yeah. And then we just want to be managers. You know, we tell these guys. Keep it fair. 
That's it. Yeah. That's it, really. You know the rules, so play yeah. by the rules. That's it. That's what it boils down to, right? And y'all been short man this year too? Like what's the ideal number to have for officials on the field? Okay, so for varsity, it's uh it's it's five. And anything sub varsity, so J V, your junior high games, all that, we have four. So basically we're just removing the back judge. Okay. Um so it's a head official, umpire. Yep. Head headlinesman, and then your line judge. And then like I said, for varsity, you add your back judge, you know, just because there's more players, a lot more to see, a lot more zones, the game's faster. By the could time y'all do four? We could, and we have. I mean, depending on especially like the eight-man schools and things like that, but it's very difficult. You talk about not seeing everything that happens on the field and missing calls. You know, you start taking a set of eyes away, and then, you know, you're going to, you know, it is what it is. So we're taught by the book that you don't follow the ball. Like everybody in the crowd's watching the ball or they're watching their, their, their son, you know, or daughter, you know, whoever's on the field, where they're going and where they're playing. So the biggest thing is we have a zone to watch and everything in that zone is what you're responsible for. You know, a lot of people maybe misinterpret like, oh, well, something happened behind the ball. So it's the head referee, the head official, or something happened up the field. So it's just the back judge. Well, not necessarily. You know what I mean? The zones can cross, and yeah, absolutely. Depending on the where, the, yeah. where the ball goes. So if it's a sweep, say out to the to, to the offense's left, right? So the backside official on the other sideline has pretty much everything going away from him. You know what I mean? Whereas the eyes of the back judge or the umpire are at the line of scrimmage. The umpire's got the line of scrimmage. The back judge is looking at the line towards where the ball is going ahead of the play. The linesman, you know, or, or you know, the headlinesman or the line judge that it's coming to his side of the field has got the the area of the ball. So if there's a face mask or anything, you know, right. illegal within, you know, hit out of bounds if it goes out of bounds or things like that, and then everything trailing the play is what the head official has. So there's all these zones that we have to watch for. One official is going to have his eyes on that area. So you know what I mean. Sometimes. The zones do cross, and that's why you'll have two officials throw a flag because they'll see the same hold or the same block, you know, illegal block, block or something like that. Yeah, you know, it's rare depending on how that play converges. If it converges on the sideline, or if it's up the middle, or if it's a pass way downfield, things like that. Because so. everything's in the stands, it's all of y'all should be able to see. Right. But I get it because when I'm calling the games, I'm looking, and if that person from Snyder takes it, sweeps, and, and is gone, I'm following him, and then I look back, and there's a flag. Well, I miss it because I'm following the ball because That's I got to see if he's going to make it in. And then so then I don't know what's going on. But yeah. then when we see the holding call, we, we understand that one. Yeah, yeah. So we put together. But then you hear the fans yelling and screaming <laughs> because, once again, like me, they're watching where the ball's going. I don't know if people aren't fans of Chris Collinsworth or Romo. I take that people love Romo. They don't follow the ball. Collinsworth, he watches the line and explains to people why, what happened, why there's a flag or why this oh, worked. Yeah. yeah. So it's kind of cool to do that. But now it makes sense that y'all are following the zone. Mm-hmm. That's why there is missed calls because it's only one time. At some point, it could just be one set of eyes right there instead mm-hmm. of two or three. I mean, you got to remember, you got at most you you got five officials on a varsity game. You got twenty two bodies moving in an eleven on eleven. You know, there's a lot of field. You know, fifty yards wide, hundred yards yeah. deep, and if it's a long <laughs> breakaway play, you got twenty two guys going. You know, in different directions until now. You know, they're trailing the ball or going for the tackle, or everybody converges, or Lord knows. It's a cutback, and they're coming all the way back across field. Then you got a whole different scenario. Yeah, you're now watching crackbacks, crackbacks, and you're looking for illegal blindside blocks and things like that. So, what's the difference between a blindside and a crackback? <laughs> so, again, definition. You know, it's one of those by definition things. So, blindside block is anything where it's defenseless. You know, they can't see the block coming. They can't prepare themselves. You know, 
crackback block is just an illegal block um, where two players are going in opposite directions, and it's just an illegal block made um, normally below the waist. You know what I mean? Like coming back across. Um, so that th- those are big, and you know, and there's a big misconception again with the high school and junior varsity, you know, and, and junior high uh, rules because you everybody watches the NCAA and the NFL on Saturday and Sunday. And then we go to our kids' games, you know, the junior high games during the week, and then our varsity Friday night games. And we, you know, think that, well, I saw it, and you called this way on Saturday and Sunday, so surely I know the rule. But for safety's sake, um, the OSSAA and NFHS enforces certain safety-regulated rules um, because of the ages of our kids. So, you know, there are certain things that, you know, and, and they're very detailed about how to call it, like a block in the back. A lot of people think anywhere in the back is a block in the back. It's not the case. Just, just, a, just a quick, you know, note out of the book, and I read this, again, you know, just to be completely 100% clear. It is a, and it's been overemphasized with us, it's a block between the shoulder blades, between the, the, the bottom of the number plate and the name plate. That's a small area. Right. That means a kid can go full force into the back of the shoulder. It's outside the shoulder blades. It's technically not a block in the back. But if you see it in, in real motion, At least it's going to look bad. you know. Or sometimes we'll see the block, but it won't impede on the defensive player going after the ball carrier. And, it, and if they don't push them all the way to the ground, which would obviously that automatically impedes their, their progress towards where they're going, then, yeah, yeah, he blocked him in the back, but he didn't impede on that defender making a play on the ball. And that's what, what they're saying? looking for, yeah. Right. And then, and that's where people get mad. You'll throw it against Tipton, and then you, but you won't throw it against Rorica, and then everybody's flipping out. They just know, hey, that guy got pushed in the back. But it they, looks bad. It looks, yeah, yeah, that's what it is. It looks bad, but at the same time, you got to understand that rules are built around not giving either team an advantage. So if you think about it, holding. The advantage is you're holding them to keep their moving for their progress towards the play, towards the ball carrier, essentially, right? So that's where the holding penalty comes in. The block in the back is the same thing. You push somebody from behind to the ground, now they cannot continue towards making that play or attempting to make that play. So it's all about, you know, the rules are literally built around giving neither team an advantage, keeping it fair play. There's always holding. Yeah. <laughs> but we talked the other day, it's they pull away Correct. and they start holding on. Once you're holding and they move and you let go, it's not holding anymore. Exactly. Because I guarantee you that defensive player is grabbing on to the offensive player just as much as he is as well. Mm-hmm. And you hardly see any – Defensive holding, but when you do, it's bad. It, it's it's got to be really bad, like throwing them to the ground, kind of, or pulling them away from from another block. Absolutely, and same thing with so like with the difference in holding and pass interference on the defense, right? So holding is up to the point that the ball is released, so the quarterback can run run around and scramble around. Offensive back holds the wide receiver or the tight end or the running back going out for the pass, and then breaks away. That's holding before the pass. However, when the ball's away, now you got pass interference. So that's the difference in that interpretation of, you know, what's a holding on a downfield play and what's a pass interference. So five yards for holding on a pass. Mm-hmm. And then for interference, for pass interference, it varies, right? It could be spot of the foul or it could be 15 yards. What, how do y'all decide that? So it's it, it's going to depend, obviously, on was was the play, you know, was the pass converted, you know, was an incomplete pass. You know, it's it's a it's 15 yard, you know, PI, you know, uh, pass interference. But the but where it's marked off from, yeah, it could vary depending on the result of the play. That's yeah, a, that's mean, the one we hear in the stands too. They gave them. Yeah, why the are they? Yeah, why are yeah. they marking it off from five yards deep or five yards forward? They weren't at the line of scrimmage. Yeah, it's that's it goes back to like I said, we get tested and you know they they have to you know we we have to know our stuff to go out there and they're not going to let us go out on the field without uh you know without 
knowing our knowing our stuff. Like I said, we get evaluated and tested every season. So I'm running. I get eight yards, uh, but there's a hold at the seven yard mark. So it's going to be first and eighteen, or is it be first and twenty from? So it's going to be so. So holding is from the spot of the foul. So if holding is you know three yards past the free blocking zone or the line of scrimmage, right forward. The hold is going to be from that three yards. So you gain eight, right? Mm-hmm. So five yards behind you is where the hold was. It's going to be marked 10 back from there. So, yeah, essentially you're going to have what? 10 to 15. Yeah, First right, to 15, right. yeah. Right. But you're still, moved, you're still forward more, apparently. Well, yeah, like I said, if the block was forward, for sure. But if, like, say the, the hold was behind the, the line of scrimmage, you know, say, say the defender was the, the, the tackle got beat by the defensive end, you know, and he's holding three yards deep. Well, it's going to be 10 yards from there. I thought it was 10 yards from the line of scrimmage. No, no. So it's nope. going to be, yeah, holding's a, you know, it's a spot foul. So, so you can learn something new. Yeah, and, yeah. Because I, I knew that if, if it was holding down the field and the, the guy gets like eight yards, it's going to be first and first and 20. First, yeah. Yeah, first and 20 from where he got stopped at. Or yep. from, yeah, from where the, where the hold was. Yep. So they did gain some positive yards, but it's still, they still got a long ways to go. Yeah, and it's tough. I mean, sometimes we have, uh, we have a live ball foul. And we'll have a dead ball foul. So they're both enforceable because they're one's live and one's dead. You can't offset. If they're both live, you know, or both dead, both usually dead ball fouls are always enforced, obviously, because it's after the play. Anything after the play is going to be enforced, whether, you know, you mark them both off or you mark one one way and one the other way. But a, a live ball, dead ball, you got to figure that out. And there's certain, there's, there are options that, you know, and, and every year rules change, right? So OSSAA and NFHS, they all have their meetings. Uh, their rules meetings in the spring, uh, and they decide what rules they want to add, what rules they want to take away, what rules they want to change a little bit. So we have to be willing to flex and reinterpret what we maybe already knew and have been enforcing for years. 2023, I believe, they've already implemented a jersey rule change that's coming, which basically says that you can't have like the same number and jersey color can't be the same 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 color right you know so a lot of teams have like the alternate uniforms they'll have home jerseys that'll be like black and black right with a white outline white outline yeah that's going to be illegal here come i think 2023 why is that mistaken i don't know it's just one of those that they all got together and decided that something they want to you know push so they're giving schools enough time to if they need to buy new jersey you know whatever the yeah, case three years down the road especially right. with these smaller schools there's a lot of Correct. money but then you look at the some schools and i went to cherokee last year okay and i thought tipton was one of the nicest stadiums no i went to cherokee and my goodness that stadium could pass as a small college stadium have you seen it i don't think i have it's no, crazy i haven't been there it's our artificial turf yep it has a nice scoreboard like it's all brand new there's actual seats in the stands and their 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 booth it was like amazing i'll show you pictures later on but i was like this is eight man football they're like yeah this town's the size of snyder but it's oil field money and the, the town just sure. invested yeah, yeah and cherokee's always a, a good team in the in football they're always making it far in the playoffs mm-hmm. but it's just crazy how some you go to like surreal and maysville and you're like man these stadiums are like they're falling apart yeah three, three years just be enough time for them to get a bond in or a fundraiser to get jerseys in how hard is it to work for OSAA? Not in a bad way, but like how how frustrating is it right now with COVID that everything's changing? Like how how like how difficult is that? So they came out early, and we you know there was discussion about obviously masks. Like what what are, what are referees and, and officials on the field? What's, what's it going to look like for us? You know what I mean? The schools are going to do their thing when their coaches, their players, their parents, uh, their fans. But what's it going to look like for the officials? What what, what makes sense? What's reasonable? Right. Well, it's not going to make us lose a lot of people 
um, one way or the other, whether people don't want to wear masks or whether, you know, we're taking the chance of close contact uh, with players that maybe not have been tested yet. Cause we've seen that, you know, we've seen schools cancel games because they find out the center or, you know, a, a wide receiver or, you know, somebody tested positive on the team. Well, now they got to trace back. Well, did they play a game Friday night? Who did they play? Who were they in close contact with? Who the officials? Their own, right. Their own players, the other team's players, what, you know, players were close to them. So I think honestly, the OSSAA has had their hands full, just, just like the NFL, they like the, all the professional and the, you know, the college uh, ranks, everybody's done their best. I think to just, just to have sports you know, to figure it out, you know, make it make sense and to make it enjoyable and make it as normal as possible. Now they did give us the option to wear masks on the field. Um, most of the time I chose, if I was going to be in close contact, like the pregame meetings, I wore my mask. I mean, you know, again, reasonably. Um, when we did the coin toss, we didn't let the captains shake hands. We just let them fist bump it at best, and otherwise just, you know, we conducted it, everything six feet apart. Nod, you yeah. know what I mean? Um, so I think we did a good job of that as officials. You know, just like I said, being out there and, and seeing the flow. The unfortunate task of canceling state championships baseball season softball season and whatnot earlier this year correct so i bet everybody was just ready to pounce on them thinking mm-hmm. you chickened out you just they did it for the best safety of the kids and then their staff and whatnot it was a, a tough decision to make because there's teams that made state mm-hmm. and then the next week they could not play yeah no and, doubt and poor yeah the poor guys osa had to make that hard decision mm-hmm. so you know everybody's pretty much mad at them i know people were worried that they're not going to have sports this year but they did, and you know they put rules out. People didn't like the rules, but hey, we get to play football. You get to play basketball. You get to play softball. You got to have a, a normal year as a student. Yep. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I mean, it, it, I think it hit so sudden, and everybody, you know, it's just like nothing I've ever seen in my my lifetime, and any of us really, yeah. uh, very few of us anyway, that are walking on this earth right now have seen you know anything to this this level that the, the pandemic has brought to us. But again, you know, it, it take like with anything major, it takes time to adjust. Sports in the spring got canceled. Yes, graduations got canceled to a degree. Uh, you know, but I think the summer gave every afforded everybody an opportunity to say. You know, go back to the drawing board. Let's. What can we do to still get this in, make it make sense, and 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 to still have somewhat normal of a school year? You know, everybody's got their feelings and opinions, of course, and 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 they're you know they have that right. But you know, at the end of the day, like you said, softball for the most part went off without a hitch. Yeah. Uh, football, you know, there was games canceled, and but they did a good job. I think the schools and the OSSAA, you know, collectively were all on the same page and did a good job of. Quarantining when they need to be quarantined, uh, you know, isolating kids that need to be isolated, but still doing their best to get as many games in as possible. And, you know, again, then the, then the question came up, how are we going to do the playoffs? And they decided, you know, we'll leave it up to the teams and the divisions, you know, and y'all were talking a little bit on the morning show about the – Out to the Bulldogs. Right, yeah, what, what their division decided to do. But, you know, again, the OSSAA had to do what they had to do because of the difference in schedules and how many games this team played compared to that team and so on. They had to let everybody in. So, you know, but it's good that some of the schools are making it make sense and not dragging it out because now we're in basketball season. Yeah. So the farther <laughs> in we go with football season the and playoffs, you know, then we're crossing seasons here and now it's going to, you know, it's going to – you know, bring a lot of issues. Yeah, because I brought, I looked up the tip in the Snyder schedule because they're football. They don't start till December. Blair and Duke and all these small towns, they already started. Right. It's, it doesn't bother them, but these guys, now you had maybe an extra week or two, mm-hmm. and that's to put another burden on y'all because now you'll have another some more games to call and to figure out, and you said you already stretched out pretty thin. Oh, yeah, so we're, you know, being stretched thin, and, like, the, the guys that I'm in organization with here, especially out of this area, they're going – 
I mean, with basketball and football until football is completely over, I mean, some of these guys are working three, four, five nights a week. Man, it's crazy. It is. Yeah. It is. You know, and it's, so, like I said, it's not easy. No. Even like even me calling a game, I got to get there 30, 40 minutes early to make sure everything's plugged in and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Y'all get there a little earlier to make sure the conditions are good. Yep. You, know, you have meetings with the coaches and yada, yada, yada. So, yeah, it's time consuming. It is. It's really time consuming. It is. Yeah. And it can be stressful. I mean, you know, besides the fans and managing the game and knowing the rules, I mean, you got to be in the right headspace. I mean, we all leave, and besides the few that are retired that you know do do this kind of you know as a hobby and, and to supplement their their income and stuff. I mean, we got guys. I mean, myself, I leave work. I got to go home, change out of my military uniform, and you know, a lot of times get get the evening coordinated for the family, and then here I am changing, heading back out, going to a school. Sometimes you know it's thirty, forty, uh, an hour, hour and a half drive. And in that time, I got to get myself in that headspace. I got to start, you know, getting in the mindset of, okay, I'm officiating. Um, I got to start, you know, being on my game and getting the calls ready. And you know, you know what I mean? Start, you know, really, really getting in that space. Cause you know, just like anything, if you're, if you're not all there, you're, you're going to miss that key call, especially yep. in a close game or something. You don't want to, you don't want to bear that burden as an official. I mean, you don't want, you know, the coaches don't want it. It's not fair to the kids. It's not fair to the, you know, the parents don't want that. So we have to prepare ourselves mentally for those games. Yeah, we hear, it was eight on 13, not on eight on eight. <laughs> That's yeah. right. That's all, <laughs> all the time. I always hear it. All the officials. I'm kind of part. I'm not partial. I kind of keep it fair. I've been calling games for over a year and a half now, all the sports, and I've seen different types of officiating. Oh, yeah. I've seen some great ones. Yep. I've seen some bad ones. I saw a bad one uh, when I was covering a game out there in, in Velma. It seemed like there was no communications with the officials and the coaches, and it impeded the game like, it, sure. like bad. To the point where I was like, I, even on on air was like, what is going on? I know I criticize the officials. Yeah, yeah. I try, because you're both y'all are human, and I get that. But this time I was like, yeah, yeah. What's going on with this game? The the crew was just it took minutes upon minutes to make a decision to to let the coaches know. And you know, some of these eight man football teams are boom, 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 boom with their offense. Yep. Now they're giving the defense time to rest. You're getting your guys uh their bodies cooled down, and it's just it, it hinders the game. And it's frustrating. Even yes. I was like, man, this is crazy. You're not the head official, obviously. And if you see something like that, do you speak up and say, hey, guys, we got to get going because this ain't fair. This ain't right. Absolutely. So we, so with varsity, um, no, so for sub varsity and junior high, we don't wear, uh, you know, mics and intercoms and stuff. But for varsity, we definitely do because it's very important. I mean, some of the bigger games towards the city and, you know, I-40 corridor, some of the bigger schools and stuff like that, they're on TV. You know, you're out there calling them on the radio and, and others are too. Um, it's, it's high visibility, you know, um, if you're seeing it, you're, you know, having to talk about it or fill that time, um, on the radio. I mean, that's, that's on us. So yeah, we definitely, again, we don't want to hinder the game in any way, whether it's flags, whether it's, you know, dead time, anything like that. I'm not part of a permanent crew. I actually float around. So I help with the Lawton crews. I help with Elk City's crews. I help with the Altus crews, you know, so I've, I've been able to work with a lot of different, uh, crews. Uh, you know, I'm one of the few in our area down here that actually floats like that, um, because, like I said, we're just, you know, again, down to Manning. Um, but, however, um, you know, I have been able to – I've had the advantage of seeing the uh, how the, the different dynamics. Um, I know the Lawton crews, like I was alluded to earlier in the podcast, is uh, they were, they've been decimated. Uh, they had a lot of older gentlemen that had underlying health issues. And when COVID and the pandemic hit, they didn't want to take the chance of being out there. Uh, you know what I mean? I mean, yeah, it, was, right. it was their health risk. You know what I mean? That they were a chance that they were taking. They didn't know what it was going to you know, look like. None of us did. Like I said, we talked about it over the summer right before football season started. 
So a lot of the guys stepped away that were, you know, in their 60s, 70s, you know, maybe, or, or they just had underlying, uh, underlying health conditions. So um, it put a huge hindrance, uh, but, but rightfully so, you know, those, you know, those guys, I mean, so we ha- we're having to rely on younger uh, guys. I mean, uh, my first game was Bray Doyle, right? And uh, against Ryan. And we go to pick the crew up and come to find out on the way out there, I find out that the gentleman that had me out and asked me to come out and help with him, he was the last guy. It wasn't even the white hat. He was the last guy that was left of his crew because four guys stepped away. Oh, wow. Uh, it was Lawton crew. And they had continuity years together, years and years and years of continuity together. Well, now he's the only one left. He had to become the head of fish, the referee, the white hat, and he's having to go around every week and see to get four officials to come t- take games with him because he had already gotten the schedule. So luckily, I was able to work some games with that gentleman. But the first game, like I was saying, the Bray Doyle game, we had two 21-year-olds that, you know, they had just – it was their first year. And very, very rarely, if ever, before when I first started, they don't start you varsity your first year. You just don't. You know what I mean? Rightfully so. You're learning the rules. You're yeah. learning, you know, the the way the state does things. I mean, every state's different, even though we all go off these NFHS rules. These are nationwide rules for high school. So there's more to there's more to lose in high school than the junior high. So much. Yeah. But also the other dynamic, which you alluded to, is a lot of times you don't have them work together. So there's a communication, you know, uh, buffer there. I mean, there you know, if you haven't worked together, you don't have continuity together. You know, these guys may not know how I do stuff. And I obviously don't know how they do stuff. It's the first game I've worked with them. So there uh, there are some struggles um, that we're working through out there. But what's what's this? What's the side effect of that? Not having officials and having to cancel the game. You know what I mean? You take the good with the bad. It's a give and yeah. take. It's it's. There's no easy answer with everything we've had thrown at us this year and having to adjust like every other everybody else. Like the schools have had to adjust. Like the parents have had to adjust. Like everybody wearing masks. The officials have had to adjust. Yeah. Um. And there's just not the continuity that was there before. Because y'all are human. Yeah. It, it boils down to y'all are human beings yeah. just like us trying to get this season going so it can finish and the the kids can have their memories and their senior moments. Right. And so it's not fair to y'all. There's always someone to blame, mm-hmm. and it's always going to be y'all to blame no matter what. Yeah. And I try to keep that in mind when I'm calling games. I know other guys try to do that, too. I know there's like like Shattuck has their own radio guys, so mm-hmm. you know they're going to be homers to to Shattuck. I bounce back and forth between Tipton and Snyder, and I get to interview the Coach Nortons and the, the Coach uh, Wilsons over there in the world. Yep, yep. And so I get a little bond with them, so I, I'm kind of like uh, I show some, some loyalty to them, too, on there. Sure. I try not to say what officials are being rude to Snyder this week. Right? No, y'all, y'all do as best as you can, and y'all are human. Y'all make mistakes, and and I see that in basketball and, and baseball. So it's 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 really frustrating to see how y'all get treated at a game. <laughs> like it's it's kind of embarrassing as as a person. I'm like mm-hmm. wow, you're you're yelling at this person. Does he go to your job and it's you for not doing something right? Yeah. But it's your kids, so they think every kid of theirs is perfect. Well, and again, you know we're. We, we need people. We need, we need people that love the game, that are willing to learn and interpret the rules, and that, that want to get out there and take on the challenge of, of officiating. I mean, you know, it's not only a need that, you know, for officiating. I mean, it's the need that the schools have. You know, it's a need that, uh, that these kids have. You know, because like I said, without officials in all sports, There's no game. these games don't count. I mean, you know, it's, it's, they're not official games. You know, they, they can't be sanctioned by the state, by the – you know, by playoffs and all this other stuff, you know, they ha- you have to have a certain amount of sanctioned games, which have to have, you know, they have to be officiated. 
So again, you know, uh, anybody that, that would love to be a part of the game, um, that would love to, you know, take on this challenge, we'd love to have you. Um, we're always looking for people. We're always trying to recruit, you know, good, good people to come on and be officials. I mean, again, you know, it comes with it. You're going to get yelled at. You're not, you know, your, your coach is going to see something that you, you know, didn't see, or they're going to, you know, a lot of times the coaches like to think they know the rules, but sometimes better than y'all. I'm telling you, well, well there's a lot of coaches that have been coaching for a long time, and I give them credit. Yeah. They know the rules, even the ones that change, you know, because they're parts of the rules meetings every year. They, they, they stay in tune to what's going on, just like we have to. Um, but there are coaches out there that they like to yell at us, and they don't even know what they're talking about. You know what I mean? <laughs> and that's, and, and sometimes we just have to, you know, smile it off and just say coach that's them saying uh, we'll talk at halftime or after the game but you you don't even know what you're talking about right now you know what i mean respectfully like we'll have this conversation later but we're not gonna you know we're not gonna stop the game so we can so you know we can show you the the, the rule in the book or whatever we'll we'll take care of this off the field but sometimes it's them just to, to show their fans that hey he cares i'm i'm, I'm you know I'm, I'm doing my part as a coach to, to get in the official so yeah. it looks like i'm doing my jobs and we have to be professionals I mean, at the end of the day, we have to be professionals. So we can get yelled at up and down and up and down, but we have to remain calm. We have to keep control because from the time we step on a field or a court to the time we leave that field or court, we're in control of that game. Per per OSSAA and per NFHS, as soon as we step foot on that field or court, we have control. Um, that's a big responsibility. Everybody thinks that we just show up and make calls and we go home. No. While we're there, we have control of everything that happens on that field or court, to include the fans, and coaches, the administration, everything. The field's bad and you let them play and somebody gets hurt and it falls on y'all. It comes back on us, absolutely. We do more than just rules training. We have to do concussion protocol training every year. We have to do uh, – because we have to look for all that stuff, heat stress. We take all these different trainings so that, you know, if a coach is trying to put a kid in that we think may have – may need to go through concussion protocol and they send them out there and they get hurt in a, in a very severe way – that can be come back on us. If we let that student athlete come back on the field and they, like I said, they get uh, you know more severe injury because they were concussed and we didn't catch that and send them off the field, that's on the officials. A lot of people don't realize that. We've sent a lot of kids off that were they get up woozy, can't answer simple questions, and we'll signal the coach and you know wave them down and send the kid off. And if they're even you know, a lot of them are like, oh no, I'm fine, I'm okay, I'm okay. We'll go get checked out, and then you know, and then may, maybe. And but, it's up to the coaches to check them out? Did y'all get final say? So we do if they're still showing signs. Um, honestly, if they're still showing signs, we have all the right to send them off. And the OSSA said, we, we, we got your back. You know, we, we like to be reasonable. But at the same time, if the coach is being unreasonable, we, we have to make a, you know, a decision. We have to make an executive decision there for the safety of the athlete. You know, yeah, because they're, uh, they're kids. They're Correct. still kids. They don't understand that, you know, if they get messed up now, it's going to follow you the rest of your life. And we don't want that any more than anybody else wants that. But it's not worth, you know, one win or that kid going in for one more play or whatever the case might be. You know, obviously their health is first and foremost, and that's what they stress the most to us when we're managing those games. What's the most uh, highest game you you covered for an official? Like state championship, what, semifinals, what size have you gone? Okay, so I haven't done playoffs since I've been in Oklahoma just because I haven't been on a permanent crew and I've floated. And plus, once the, once I get close to the holidays, I like to take my break then. <laughs> so that's just me personally. That's uh, that's on me. But, um, yeah, so I haven't done playoffs in this state, but I have done I have done um, uh, baseball playoffs in the state of Georgia. Um, and uh, that, was, that was some years ago. But pretty soon here, like I said, with our referee shortage, you know, I'll probably be into playoffs this year. 
Um, so we're looking forward to that. <laughs> we're even having playoffs, like we said earlier. But uh, again, you know, it's so it's a minimum of five games. Uh, you have to have been to the rules meeting. Um, you have to have been on a crew that had that tested. You know, obviously you can't just skate the test and then all of a sudden pop up on a, <laughs> you know, game. yeah, on a play. Whether you're a fill-in or not, you have to have been a part of a crew um, that took the test. Um, and you take the test as a crew, uh, and you get your score back within about two weeks. So all the crews got, you know, two or three, two or three weeks ago now they got their scores back because um, you take it, you know, mid-season. So and then based on your score, you know, they they based the playoff assignments off of you know the scoring and 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 who's available obviously so it's always an honor to be the last one to be to be considered to, to officiate the championship game oh yeah i think it's like at any level you know whether you're you know you're in the nfl doing the super bowl or if you're you know doing the national championship or the playoff games in, in college anytime that you can go through throughout the playoffs and and, and you know they the uh, the ossaa or whatever state organization you're working for you know thinks enough of you and your crew all the evaluations and everything said and done you know if they think enough of you to, to have you continue on and do the late rounds of the playoffs for the state obviously the state championships at all levels you know whether you're doing the the 1a all the way up to 6a whatever have you um you know it's definitely an honor and it's something you know it's you know, something you can you know again like for myself eventually one of these days i'm gonna move on to another you know state base um, and I'll be working hopefully with another organization, um, you know, and that's something I can say that, you know, Hey, I was able to work these, you know, these man amount of years in the playoffs where I did this many games. And so continue to, to be a part of a community elsewhere. But, um, you know, definitely, I've definitely thoroughly enjoyed getting to be a part of not only the Altus community, but just the Southwest Oklahoma community, um, as accepting as they've been to me as a military member, as a, you know, outside, uh, I- if you will. You know, I've met a lot of incredible people here, um, officials, coaches, uh, parents, um, you know, people of all walks, you know, um, you know, it's been it's been a, a true blessing just being able to be a part of this community in any respect, but much less a coach starting a you know travel ball organization and being an official and umpire. Yeah, I've been here 17 years and up until this job, I'd never really I've been to these small towns just driving through or shopping, whatever. Now calling these games. Southwest Oklahoma is pretty awesome community-wise. Everybody's so embraceive. It's like, oh, you're, you're in the radio? You're going to cover us? Oh, come on in. What We got you. We got And it's so cool. Yeah, and yeah. The same way with y'all. Hey, your fish was here. Let's take care of y'all. They yep. embrace us. It's kind of neat. It's kind of cool. They they do take care of us. Not yeah, just yeah. on the radio, but I, I seen y'all, y'all get free food. Y'all get They feed y'all. Yeah, y'all absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's like, hey, you're going to drive an hour and a half, two hours out to our, you know, to, to call our game. I mean, that's a game that's going on their books. You know, it's a game that they're, they're you know, they, they know our shortage. I mean, the schools, the coaches, they, they, they know what we go through. I mean, they, a lot of these administrators, uh, athletic directors, coaches, they've been doing it a long time. You know what I mean? There's very few, like, new guys that are new to it all. Um, either that or they were players prior. So they, they, they know what the officials out here go through. I mean, there's not very many towns that are real close. So, I mean, you know, a lot of us have to travel. You know what I mean? It is, is what it is. And um, we're in a part of the state where towns just happen to be spread quite a bit apart, especially during football season. Yeah. Basketball, there's just more schools. Like know. Corn Bible. Goodness. I've never heard of Corn Bible till eight-man football. <laughs> right, and I, right. And I only seen it, Corn Bible, because I went to Lokiba Sickle. I'm like, where's Lokiba? I've never – 17 years, never heard of Lokiba Sickle. Yeah. And the town was as big as this room, pretty much. Wow. This is crazy. You're driving through, and there's like, oh, here's Godibo. And then 10 miles later, here's Mountain View, and they go to school together. Yep. And that's crazy. Like, that's a big gap yeah, between yeah. schools. And then you drive a few more miles, 10, 15, and there's Corn Bible yeah. Academy. 
middle of nowhere. All these towns know that when the officials are there or media's there, they embrace it because they're like, oh, now somebody can listen to it who who's, who can't make the game. Yep, it's kind of cool and it's it's fun to be a part of. I thoroughly enjoy what I do, and from your conversations, you sound like you love what you do as well. Absolutely. I mean, like I said, you know, being being an athlete, student athlete, um, all the way through my freshman year in college. You know, I, I played baseball in, in junior college in Georgia. And, um, you know, so, so going through those different levels, you know, uh, especially school ball and stuff, you know, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And, you know, I never had, you know, you never, you, you always, you know, you don't think of what your coaches go through. You don't think of what the officials go through until you get older, you know, obviously. Um, but I have a whole new appreciation for what coaches do. I mean, the time that they put in away from their families, you know, what we do as officials away from our families, it's a, it, it's a lot of work that goes on behind the scenes that people don't see. And like I said, respect it or not, it's fine. You know, I, I leave, I, I go to every game with a smile on my face and I leave every game with a smile on my face, but that's my choice. You know, no matter if I get yelled at all the way to the parking lot, you know, I'm blessed to do it. You know, I, I honestly, I enjoy doing it. Um, I, I, I know, and I have to remind myself sometimes obviously, but I'm there for the kids, you know, it's not for the parents or the, or the coaches that are yelling at you or, or the, for you or how to, many to calls that game, you got yeah. wrong or, you know, how good you think you did that night. You know, at the end of it, if, you know, I take the most pride in like when the players come up to me after the game and they're like, hey, good good game, ref. You know what I mean? And they're, and they're fist bumping me. That's what I hang my hat on. I mean, to be perfectly honest with you, if the players are recognizing that, hey, you know, you came out here and you gave us a solid game. You know, regardless of what the, the the fans and the and the parents and the and the coaches think, you know, like if the players see that, you know, hey, you did us right, and you know they're giving us the fist bump and thanks, you know, for doing what you do, it, it makes it worth it. Because you said without y'all, they don't have a game. Yep, at all whatsoever. Well, leave me your contact information for OSA so we can put it on our page. I'll, I'll have this up tomorrow. I do appreciate the time. You're you're a busy man. <laughs> I think I am, but no, I've been active. I've worked at LRS. Yeah, at any given moment, we got to be back at work. But it's it's a busy time, yeah. And fish chain's busy mm-hmm. two days a week, pretty much, or three days, yep. And then you leave at the most inconvenient time, a Friday afternoon, yep. when your wife's home, your kids are off of school. There goes dad, yep. And so we appreciate what you do because I don't have a job on Fridays or Tuesdays now for basketball without y'all out there, and it's a good income for me and my family for sure. Yeah, so I, I do appreciate and thank y'all for that. Uh, y'all need anything? Anything, get any messages out there we'll gladly do it for y'all uh, take advantage of this the the media people say oh facebook does it all not really get on the air get on the radio get it, it get into the social get away from social media all the time and get back to basic tv and radio well again thanks for having me tonight um i'm glad we got to talk some sports i'm glad i got to hopefully i cleared up a little bit yeah. um you know on the officiating side and maybe people understand you know i found that we're, I'm in the business of in the military. Everything's supposed to go through email, right? Yeah, yep. <laughs> and we know talk, emails yeah. get lost easily, right? Yep. So, so word of mouth is 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 powerful, and you know uh, through the radio and people hearing this uh, podcast and then talking about it, you know, hopefully the word can eventually you know filter out. But you know the biggest thing is people have to understand that you know there there are different interpretations of the rules at the varsity and sub varsity level at the end of the day. And it's for safety of the players and the student athletes so that they can continue their life long after high school and so on. So, you know, if, if that's all they take away, then that's, you know, that's, that's the message we, we as officials really want to, you know, want to emphasize. Uh, have you come back uh, eventually talk some sports next time? We have another guy calls in. We talk wrestling for like 10, 15 minutes. Nice. Like, like pr- professional wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> and people like that one. People enjoy that, that podcast. Good but yeah, deal. we come back, talk some football, talk some OSA, uh, maybe, 
once uh, the playoffs dwindle down, we can talk playoff football as well. And, and oh, yeah, you tell I'd me how that. these teams feel. Yeah. Well, this is Cal here on the Cal's podcast of Sports Randomness. I was joined by Brian Queen, an official from the OSAA. So thanks a lot, guys, and we'll, we'll talk to you later.